Hey yo, bad boys, it's Mike. Welcome back to Normies Like Us. I'm just here to give you a quick note about this Crash Bandicoot episode. Uh, it seems like Neocortex has been messing with our audio equipment, and as such, we did have to rely on the backup recording for Colin. It sounds a little roomy, but it's absolutely listenable for the whole uh, episode. We had some great conversations, and I hope you enjoy it. Just know that we know that we are taking steps to make sure the audio quality is maintained, and this is a simple blip on the radar. Enjoy the episode, and thank you very much. Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Today we are discussing everyone's favorite manic marsupial, Crash Bandicoot. Gather your wumpa fruit, pull up a crate, and get ready for an insane episode of Normies Like Us. Wow! Hey, yo, bad boys. That's right. We're back. We're talking the Manic Marsupial Crash Bandicoot, Naughty Dog's earliest triumph. Uh, I am Mike Takut. I don't know. I'm never good at these intros. <laughs> Mike Takut. I get to say that's Colin funny. Bandicoot. I can just say that. So if you see, I win. There, oh, there you true. go. Uh, I don't know any of the other characters, so I'll just stick with Joe. Maybe Komodo Joe. He's a Komodo he's an Joe. There you and go. Nig Joe Enigma is a, uh, a bad guy. I do. Yeah, know all the enemies are ends. Oh. So we did it. You know, now we're on 61 after that 60th episode. Good to be back here again. Talking about maybe one topic, um, a little more focused, but <laughs> yeah, I always enjoy those milestones. Yeah. Yes, now it's the crash landing. So I guess right out the gate, guys, you know, normies like us, we like to kind of look at things that are niche to normie. And um, we've talked about Mario, we've talked about Sonic, and these are kind of the gaming icons. And now we're on to. You know, in the 90s, the mascot wars, there was the big three, Mario, Sonic, and Crash. And he's talking about modern. We talked about Microsoft, too. You know, like, we talked about Halo in that episode, Master Chief, and what he meant as a big figurehead character. So we've talked about yep. characters who aren't necessarily, like, if you just use the word flagship, Crash, is he the flagship? Is he, like, more important to Sony than Spyro? I don't know. Like, that's kind of the interesting thing that we talked about. Yeah, and where does even he line Sony. up? Yeah, because the thing with a lot of these mascots, for especially PlayStation, is they end up getting passed around to other developers to where they're not Sony's anymore. They're Activision or, or whatever company holds the rights. So Mario's the only one who's like been at home the whole time. Even you know Sonic has been on other He's consoles. So loyal to the end. That's it. Yeah, it's that's it. That's not my way. Yeah, so I just want to ask you guys out the gate, you know, we're talking this, uh, you know, it's platformer, debuted uh, same year as Mario 64, but have you guys played the Crash Bandicoot series at all? They just re-released a couple of years ago the Insane Trilogy, and now they redid the kart racing. No, I have never played a Crash Bandicoot game before. Uh, I've had a history in the family where I've watched other people, we'll talk about that a little later, play Crash Bandicoot, but me myself, no. So, I'll do a quick review of A Life of Pi. This is one I downloaded for <laughs> my Retro Pi. Uh, hey. My little Raspberry Pi. Uh, and I loved it. I played number three. So, I've got a little hands-on experience now. Yeah. Nice. No, I love three. Joe, how about you? Uh, Cassie is a fan of the Crash series. I have played a little bit of the remasters on our PlayStation, but that is it. Like, barely touched it. Uh, and when I was a kid, it was just wasn't in the circulation man you weren't buying every video game there was this was not on uh, my list gotcha well i think oddly enough i've probably logged more hours in crash bandicoot games than i have in mario games and that's not hyperbole um not an expert it's all the original trilogy but yeah so i i have a, a pretty long history with these we were playstation not nintendo so um i'm just kind of stoked to talk about another big mascot but um kind of like spyro also one that is kind of in a weird place right now. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting to kind of look at the legacy and hey, stuff of uh, Crash Bandicoot. Where do we put our guy, Duke Nukem? No, is, he, is he peeking over the fence too, guys? Being like, oh, brothers, I want to be in there so bad. The, He's in the, the strip club. Uh-huh. We've done the Mortal Kombat guys as well. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. um, well, I guess that kind of gets the top out of the way. Let me just say, from a Nisha Normie standpoint, where do we rank 
rank uh, Crash Bandicoot? I mean, he's definitely well known, but he's still around. I mean, he exists. That's the main thing. Always the purpose of Mitch Norman. You know, is he like the site guy still? Yes, Crash Bandicoot persists. We're seeing him on current releases, even though it's not a new game. I don't know. I, I think he's there. I think people know. I mean, I would say the normie is remembering the commercials that feature oh, yeah. the guy in the Crash Bandicoot suit. The the or the niche would be actually knowing the lore surrounding him and all of his um, enemies. Every version of a word that starts with N that you can think of. Use that for bar trivia. All right. Well, you know that's been the intro side to this Crash Bandicoot. I say we just go ahead and hop right in and. Uh, crack some crates hey yo we're back that's right it's crash bandicoot arguably probably the biggest sony mascot of the last couple decades sony's had kind of a couple attempts um so crash bandicoot here we go yeah, Mike, you said you weren't a Nintendo guy. I can't remember when we were talking Sonic. Did you have a Sega system? Yeah, I had a Sega Genesis first. Okay, I wanted so a Sega Saturn. Seeing that very clear path that you are obviously following, like, no, 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 stay away, super normie uh, Nintendo. Yeah. yeah, come on, that's for babies. They got real <laughs> blood in our Mortal Kombat. Yeah, PlayStation. Did you have a PS1? Um, my brother did after release, um, and the only game that I remember playing is the Die Hard arcade game. Wow. Oh, that's, that's a yeah. rough one. Uh, yeah, you and then I, I had a PlayStation oh. 2. Yeah. Of course, mm. not going and playing Crash Bandicoot. No, that was not uh, our go-to. I mean, like, when we were in high school and early college, it was Mario Kart, man. It wasn't Crash Kart. Like, that's just what we were playing. You just stumbled on the clear path I'm going to set for this entire podcast that I think, like, Mario 64 slash the 64 slash Mario Kart is just the mere world of Crash Bandicoot that I was in. But I'm here. Uh, I'm here for Crash Bandicoot. We're talking Crash Bandicoot, Mike. Yeah, Mike, you got to learn us on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's actually interesting, too, because Crash Bandicoot was made... And it was debuted. It's made for the PlayStation because they didn't know much about the N64 at the time. So when they were deciding Naughty Dog who they're going to go with, they went with PlayStation because they had a better understanding of the hardware, more or less. Oh, I read this too, Mike, that they were scared of Sega because they were like, oh, Sega's about to go bankrupt. They knew what everyone kind of was about to know in that market. Yeah. And as I said, I wanted a Sega Saturn and my parents refused and got me a PlayStation because they were smarter than a a child. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were like, this is going to go bad. So I'm glad I got the PlayStation and ended up with the Bandicoot. But he debuted at E3 the same year that Mario 64 debuted. And wow. I, honestly, you compare the two, Mario 64 is so much better in every way. Yeah. Like I mean, it's controls. a tough act to follow. But I never played it. So I love Crash Bandicoot because I never got a taste of that, you know, yeah. Mario 64. So personally, um, that's what I was playing for hours not on end while other people were on Mario 64. But... What a bummer to out the gate Nintendo. They drop all the money. They have their flagship team on Mario, and it's like the definitive, here's how you do 3D. And meanwhile, Naughty Dog is like, we have seven people and a bandicoot. What what can we do? Yeah, so it's pretty amazing that he's lasted this long when his direct competition was the the plumber himself. Well, let's say in the direct parody, too. So you've got Jason Rubin and you've got two 3D gamers who are working. They're like, you want to make a game? You want to make a game that's as famous as those games we were just talking about. Donkey Kong, Mario, Sonic. But mm-hmm. we really want to make fun of Sonic. Like, Sonic is this dumb hedgehog. Let's make him a bandicoot called Crash. And like you were saying, Mike, about Mario uh, beating them to the 3D punch, it's interesting because they weren't racing Mario. They never kind of thought that as competition. They were racing Sonic. You know, Sonic existed as that side-scrolling racer, People mm-hmm. thought it would eventually become a 3D get behind one. So Crash Bandicoot, the early development was Sonic's ass because it was the camera behind Sonic's ass. Yeah, that's perfect, right? I think in their code files, too, they had laboratory assistants and they were just labeled it as ass. Oh, I love it. 
And I think by the third game, they took it further and would have like, you know, motherfucker. Like they just started naming the computer code enemies, just weird shit. So would you say these guys are cheeky, Mike? I think they're definitely cheeky. You know, they are from Boston, our my favorite place. I won't say our. Yeah, he's got Crash Bandicoots. Yeah, did you yeah, guys exactly. know? Did you guys know a bandicoot was an animal when you were a kid? Yeah, or is this another hedgehog? <laughs> Same thing with hedgehog. I did not yeah. know what they were. No, but I told you guys I had a friend, Jordan Rogers, who had a hedgehog that he made Sonic. If I had met a kid who said, "You want to see my bandicoot?" I would, I would assume he was I'm drinking my game. mom. <laughs> yeah, this sounds really weird. Yeah, I don't know what the trend was like. Let's find weird animals. Remember, we had Bubsy was going to be a thing. You know. Um, his name wasn't no. Rocket Raccoon, it was like Armored Raccoon, he was a Sega game, something like that. Well, one of the early, one of the early proposed, um, PlayStation mascots was Bubsy, and there was a game Bubsy 3D, which is atrocious, and so I think, because that was so bad, Crash Bandicoot just swooped in and was like, like, we got this. Right thing at the right time, because he had that, it was like edgier, you know, I remember the early ads, he was basically calling out you know his competition he, the guy in the suit with a megaphone you know it's like when dx stormed the wcw building basically uh, and who's he calling out like he's calling out the plumber and the guy with the mustache yeah and the guy with the mustache i mean that's how the council wars with sega too you know it's like it was very like yeah go get him you know um we need more of that uh slander marketing in video yeah. games we talked back to camera though so my experience was just kind of fun the third one uh, Joe, I don't know if you watch videos and like what your opinion is, but the camera issue that I kind of have, you said Mario has it like perfect, but it's because mm-hmm. Mario develops an open world, kind of when they weren't doing open world. So you have that omnipotent camera above, it's not necessarily attached to the back. The Crash, mm-hmm. it's above, but it's also still sort of like a game board. Like they'll move to the right and left, but then all of a sudden they'll shift up and they'll move up and down pop on mm-hmm. things but really he's always just sort of moving on a track it almost like the level design it is like a long hallway for a lot of the sequences and i think that's a big criticism they have in hindsight it's like mario 64 is open world but this was like a straight line and part of that was because they were like pushing the playstation so hard that sony was worried that it was going to like break consoles because they had so much data on the disc that the disc was constantly reading data off of it when really they just wanted you to dump it into the RAM, play the level. So it, the la- they were scared the laser was going to burn out on every PlayStation in the nation. <laughs> Luckily, that didn't happen. But after that, then other people started using that technique of having a constant read with the laser. But Sony was like legit scared, like, you're going to brick all of our consoles. The crash That is crash. so interesting. Yeah. I never thought about that. Can I tell you the PlayStation game I was sort of obsessed with at the time, me and my brother? Um, Monster Rancher. I don't know if you remember that one. Oh, yeah. Put the CDs inside it. And that utilized that laser, that reading laser, so much as well. I never thought about it like. Like, that must have been taxing on an early system that didn't have a way to read games like that. Yeah, like, Monster Rancher was like a Pokemon-like. And the way you would get new monsters is you'd put, like, any audio CD or any DVD. I think maybe PlayStation 1 didn't have the DVD, but... Uh, no, 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 not it, at that point. You were breaking into your dad's and doing his kiss albums and being like, oh, my God, what's going to come out of this? Well, this is how you discover Bruce Springsteen if you're not... Uh, <laughs> yeah. you're just, Going through uh, every CD in the house, and everyone would give you a random monster. But yeah, if the laser is constantly reading while you're playing, that yeah, also that's reminds me of that story it. you said in our Sonic episode about how they just draw out those massive landscapes because they have to think about every frame of those long, long hallways. Like, yeah, obviously that would have to translate over to these 3D platformers as well. Well, it's like in you know in film, you get a reel of film that is a thousand feet long, and once that runs out that's it it's like a limitation of the technology and that's it they would make a sonic level and they're like we just it can't be any longer because it just can't be there's Look, no more data and same thing with bandicoot like we have so many textures flying up we can't store them in random memory so they would put it on the outside of the disc because based on science that part is spinning fastest so you could read more data quicker so putting the random access data on the edge of the disc is what they invented just to get the game to run stably it's it's like video games are those things where it's like, all right, it's stable, don't touch it, and put it in a box and sell it. I love that. But those things you never think about as a kid playing those games. 
Like, what did you call them in the intro? The Maui Maui fruit, like uh, oh, the Wumpas, yeah, Wumpas, the Wumpa the fruits. fruits being like, uh, why are there only like fifty in this level? And some developer being like, I can only get fifty in this level. <laughs> this is it. The, yeah, like the boxes even came from those limitations too, because they're like, all right, well, we are jumping on stuff, and that's fun, but there's like nothing else to do. So they're like, uh, well, we don't want to do bricks, so let's just do some boxes. We'll have two types. We don't have to make a lot of assets, and then we'll just put the fruit in there. And oh, so they did that like over a weekend. Yeah. That's one of those things that works out like Monty Python, the movie using the coconuts as the horses, where I liked the boxes a lot as a kid because you would see the animation of them unfurling as you stepped on them or whatever. I remember just like even seeing that in demos. Yeah. Being like, oh, it's like a cool thing. It's like the most, one of the most iconic things is breaking the crates and getting the Wumpa fruits. And that wasn't even in like the main build. So just one of those uh, circumstance, you know, lucky things. Uh, and that's the first game, you know, came out, and then that was 1996. And then we're getting, again, this is Naughty Dog. We have Cortex Strikes Back in 97, uh, Crash Warped, uh, Crash 3 Warped in 98. And then the last game that Naughty Dog would make is Crash Team Racing, which I am very fond of. But these other ones are the ones that are in the Insane trilogy, which is why he's kind of back in the conversation these days. Can we jump to Crash Team Racing for now? Uh, Absolutely. Where does that exist in the culture of Diddy Kong and Mario? You know, those are the carts I know as a drum college kid. This is probably the most niche of the cart yeah. games, you know, for the college crowd. Definitely yeah. have not played it. Is it retro style? Are we talking balloons on the back, shooting things at each other, or is it just racing? Oh no! It's it's uh, there's a variety of weapons instead of like red shells. There's homing missiles instead of the blue shell. There's like an energy ball. Like th- there's kind of analogs. There's like all the staples of the crash world: missiles and yep. energy balls. But the <laughs> yeah, one thing course. that they have that the other cards don't is the clock item, and the clock is like the ultimate nuke. Like it makes every character slower and smaller, so you can just run them over. It's like the most OP item. So in our house, if you got it and you fired it, you would get the controller slapped out of your hands and that was your penalty and you couldn't drive until you picked it back up because we thought it was so dirty to use the clock. Um, And if you use it a lot to win, the game at the end, they would give you scores for what weapons, like Rocket Man, and if you used the clock, they called you a clock jock. So that was like a big pejorative in our house. If you got clock jock, it means you won the dirty way, but... There's too. more on that for another time. <laughs> but it's a good kart racer. It's it's perfectly serviceable. Like I think it's just as good as any Mario Kart until Double Dash. I think uh, Double Dash is the best Mario Kart. I'm on. Oh, I'm absolutely with you there. Uh, let's swap seats when we get. Uh, but if I'm <laughs> yep. on PlayStation, aren't I already playing Twisted Metal? That's true. But you know, Twisted Metal has less of like a circuit racing. It's more of a a battle brawl no, kind of thing. And you know, honestly, uh, I think. Twisted Metal was supposed to be the big E3 feature, and then when Crash Bandicoot was looking good, they bumped it out of the the schedule and put Crash Bandicoot in their spot. So, Whoa. Oh, it's interesting that you brought over. that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they Again, got screwed by the coup, man. The video game world. It's screwed a naughty doggy, naughty dog world. <laughs> it's a naughty doggy dog world. That's right. Um, but I want to talk like so. Cortez strikes back like. They added to it. They cleaned up the controls and stuff. I think there's some underwater sections, things like that. But like Crash Warped, the third one, is what a lot of people consider the best one. And that's where we get the time travel. And there's a lot more vehicle sections. There's motorcycle sections. There's like, I love those. Okay, so this is the one I just jumped in on. I'm pining it up. I'm loving it. I'm loving the hub world. You know, the little world where you go into the chronosphere, Terminator-esque little time yeah. zones and blah, blah, blah. Uh, super cool. You know, how it's all built up and, like, looks. Um, when you start jumping into those motorcycles, I dive left and right. I cannot figure those levels out, man. You must not have been on the internet. This is the Dark Souls of platformers. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's hard. I did notice that, too. The controls, like, it almost feels like it was better before the invention of analog. It reminds me of an old-school, like, cruise in California, but so brutal. Yeah, they're they're tough. I remember really liking that, and then the Tiger levels. I don't know if you've seen those. Yeah, where you play Coco, his sister. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and similar to Mario, he had a girlfriend in the first game that he's trying to save, and then they're like, yeah. okay, let's just scrap that. It's a little... 
it's getting a little furry over here. Yeah, so Mike, <laughs> super interested in that. I watched a video entitled Because the Internet's Incredible, 107 Facts You Should Know About Crash Bandicoot. I swear mm-hmm. to God, it's only about 10 minutes normally. So I guess check I it out if it. you want to know more about Crash. Yeah, Just stop listening to this and watch that. And you'll probably <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just that was much more informative. But uh, you love us. That's what you That's right. Thank you. Um, but he had a girlfriend before whose name, I'm sorry, I forget, but I believe last name Bandicoot. Uh, yes. Who was modeled no after? No, no relation. Who was modeled after Jessica Rabbit? So she was mm-hmm. a super lascivious, like super lusty-looking Bandicoot woman, blonde hair. Who the developers okay. intentionally made uh, have a top that looked so close to her skin tone that it made her look topless almost. So there were so many yeah. scenes of Crash hugging her and doing like big goofy eyes and stuff. That immediately after the second game, they're like, "She's not in video games anymore." Yeah, <laughs> we're we're not allowed anymore. Which we gotta hear her name is Tana. Oh, Tana, Tana Bandicoot. Yeah, which did show you some of Sony's control. We should talk about uh, the early pitches. They were like, "Make him Wally the Wombat, make him you know a mm-hmm. Roddy the Raccoon," and they were like, "No, we're not doing that." A Bandicoot is weird and dumb. And we want to do something weird. And dumb. <laughs> this is our thing. Okay, you can't just go taking it away. And they threatened to pull out of the project completely if they couldn't have it. And Even his name. Yeah, oh, sorry, go? I was about to say, and they threatened to go to Sega, which they were just throwing out to PlayStation because they didn't know that Sega was going to bankrupt. So what a card to have in the back of your pocket. We'll take our Sonic's ass over to Sonic. <laughs> to <house>. Sonic. <laughs> um, yeah, and like even the name Crash Bandicoot came from the boxes because it's like, oh, he just crashes into him. Okay, boom, we got it, Crash Bandicoot, so... Uh, my other thoughts on the third one, I love the boss fights. You go up against uh, Tiny the Tiger, and I think he is very cool. Fun. In the Coliseum, yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah, it's just kind of cool, iconic fights like that. Yes, by putting him in the Coliseum ass, by putting uh, uh, in Cortex in the future and all that stuff, like, it's just a very cool like, way to shake up crash. Yeah, I think that's um, one of the criticisms of the first game, is you look at Mario and you're running in full 360, you got all these different level types. A lot of Crash Bandicoot 1 was either running straight down the hallway or they had these weird side-scrolling, you know, uh, mini-levels or bonus levels where you're kind of just left to right like Mario. So people are like, oh, it's a little simple. So the second one, they started innovating a little bit more underwater stuff. And then by 3, it's like, you got a tiger level, you got a jet ski level, you got a motorcycle level, you got a rocket pack level, you got regular levels. And it was like, here's a bunch of gameplay variety. And I like that as a kid anyway. You're absolutely right, because look at Mario as the counterpoint. Because, what? You know, in video games, you have one where maybe it's centered around him going to space with galaxies or the moon or whatever. There's no variety there, like you're saying. Like, yeah, he'll do like a water level on space, but Crash is like, I'm in another dimension. I'm Crash. I'm from the future. Like, this is evil Crash. I'm back in time Crash. This is prehistoric Crash. Like, this is on fire Crash. You're like, oh, wow. I have a rocket launcher. (laughs) Shoots fruit. Yeah. They're not afraid to go there. No, they're not. And uh, one more thing I want to mention while talking about the golden era, let's say the Naughty Dog era, is um, they seem to have been really inspired by Indiana Jones and because there was the famous boulder levels where you're running towards the camera instead now, of away from it. these are the only thing I remember about these games. That's what I've played is the boulder levels. Uh, yeah. Wow. What, what a frustration. <laughs> Because you can't see what's coming at you. But it was no. it created tension. A terrible level design. But as a kid, I didn't think about that. I was like, this is fucking crazy. There's a boulder coming after me and I got to go. Um, Joe, why have you played that level? Let me ask you this. I wonder if this is a, uh, a shared reality between all of us because this is why I've played it. Uh, do you remember? No. Why? Why Why did you play it? The demo disc that came with PlayStation Magazine that pushed Crash Bandicoot uh, when it first started also went out to Game Informer magazine and all the other ones, PSX, you know, like all that stuff that was tied to it or whatever. So us as kids, my little sister, on a road trip to Hilton Head Island, would put in the demo disc that would let you play one hour of The Rock rolling at you and just say, oh, like, wow. this game's great, <laughs> but like I can't beat it. And she would give it to me, a person she believed could do anything in video games, and I could not beat it. Oh, man. That source you, of so much frustration. I, I was playing the Insane Trilogy when it came out, and it is, like, legitimately still hard. Yeah. And whatever that is, I'd say the controls aren't as refined, but, you know. Yeah, that um, Indiana Jones inspiration would go a long way with them because then you end up with 
uh, Naughty Dog doing Uncharted, you know, Last of Us, and a ton of like really amazing work. But they only did those first four Crash Bandicoot games from '96 to '99. Yeah. Before we move out of that era, I want to talk a little bit about Naughty Dog because I have played all of their other big hits. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the Uncharted uh, franchise I love because it is Indiana Jones, one of my favorite characters. And, you know, I mean, that's basically Nathan Drake is an Indiana Jones ripoff, right? Absolutely. Uh, La- Last of Us is awesome storytelling. Um, Jack and Daxter? Did you guys ever play Jack yeah, and Daxter? Yeah, I like Jack and Daxter a lot. A lot more yeah. than Ratchet and Clank, which came out at the same time. And I was like, yeah. no way. No, see, I was not a Ratchet and Clank. I was a Jack and Daxter. That is also a, uh, a Naughty, Naughty Dog. Dog game. It, you know, kind of a mascot-esque game to get their yeah. feet wet back into it. And then it's like, oh, let's go for realism. And then that's where we get Uncharted. Oh, I stuck so. around with those when they ditched the Daxter. Not that he was out of the game, but they were like, Jack 2, Jack 3 Extreme. And he just kept like getting yeah. more and more buff. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. But let me ask you He this was kind of like their Link. Yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Let me ask you this, Jeff. Did you play the Uncharted game, uh, maybe the latest one, where you can sit down as Nathan Drake and play Crash and Bandicoot? play Crash? Ridiculous. That's why I brought it up. No, I have not played it, but I think that is so crazy. I mean, that's like uh, you know playing Red Dead and sitting down to play cards. No, Nathan Drake, you can just sit down and play Crash. It's a million times better in my life. His that's, progenitor, yeah. yes. And, uh, in Time Splitters, you used to be able to play Pac-Man for some reason. I have no idea why. Like, you would the one for this episode. Uh, remember in Ultimate Alliance, you could play Pitfall. Oh, Excellent. with Thank the characters. That's right, dude. And then yep. you're it. Oh, you got to get yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's just cool to kind of look at they kind of lean that like exploring a jungle or an old temple and stuff like that was even in back in crash bandicoot days and maybe not so much narrative storytelling as they would get way into later especially with things like the last of us which is amazing but yeah this is where they cut their teeth like these were their first real games besides like a mortal Kombat ripoff and some other stuff so kind of yeah, bullshit so before we move out of there. don't sit down and play crash bandicoot for a second <laughs> right? I mean, I when, when yeah. last yeah, of us you, part two coming soon you you got to uh, you got to fire up the janitor and then sit down and play Crash Team Car uh, Racing, so, mm-hmm. father daughter bonding. That's right. Joel, so I then, can't. Yeah, Joel, I can't get the boost. Don't use the clock, Joel. It's not You're true, such Joel. A clock jock. <laughs> you clock jock. So that kind of begins the same thing that happened to Spyro, though. Once once they're out of the picture, they release in two thousand Crash Bash, which is basically a Mario Party ripoff. So Naughty Dog made. Mario Kart, basically. So then whoever took over is like... Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What? Who are the characters that they would have as a roster in a Crash Bash? They, he has such a deep pantheon of bandicoots that you could be like, Bobby said, I'm going to play as Coco. You're going to play as Tiny the Tiger the Bad Guy. You'll be the Komodo Twins, the twin Komodo Dragon Bad Guys. Mm-hmm. You'll be Dr... I mean, what? That's that's ridiculous I mean, I even if there aren't more, that's I mean, that's four. How many how many other ones were you getting yeah, back in there? How many do you need? I think I think Crash has probably the best Rogues Gallery of any of the mascot. No, <laughs> icons. Insane, insane, Who's better? Like, oh, boo the ghost exists, Mike. How the shy no, guys but, exist? <laughs> but like, that's not like a villain. <laughs> those are just, yeah. those are just enemies on the field. Like that's it's fair. Bowser and what else? The Hammer Bros. Oh. King uh, Boo. Dr. Wily and the King Robot Boo. Masters. I don't know. I mean, as far as supervillains, yeah. like Neocortex doesn't stack up to Bowser or um, Eggman. But when we're talking Ripperoo and Dingo Dial uh, and King Koala, like they're such cool and they're these, mostly uh, Australian of origin. Okay. Maybe I'm just having Australian so, meaning. Joe, this is <laughs> these the just sound the like... Yeah, what they Mike sound like, like serial mascots. The Australian <laughs> Tourist Board is paying me a lot to make this connection. <laughs> yeah. Please let me do it. Come down, meet a bandicoot. You but should you say, home. I mean, this is important. Those <laughs> yep. characters you just listed were part of a super villain team. That Dr. Mm-hmm. Cortex genetically engineered those bad guys to be super strong, super fast, super smart, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and the leader, the general he wanted for that team, ah, the gem in it all, in my crown. I will make a bandicoot. The smartest and fastest and strongest of them all. He was like, nah, bro, 
hang loose. I'm like out of here, bro. <laughs> yeah. I got my so, jorts and we are well, out. We'll talk about it uh, when we get to the next section, but I only know that explanation of the mythos from the the uh, intro that Colin shared with oh, us. Oh, thank God. I was going to say, oh. how on earth did you know that? Because I was shocked. I think that's so cool because I will give you this for credit, Mike. Out of the heroes, I'm a dumb plumber who got lost in a pipe. I'm, no, I'm, that's my hero. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a blue rat that eats chili dogs. A genetically engineered freak who's left for dead, who like comes back stronger than ever to like rise up against his master. That is pretty cool. And be chill. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's pretty similar to Sonic. It's basically taking Sonic and Donkey Kong Mario, yeah. like Jumpman Mario, because it's like I got to get my girlfriend, and I'm a genetic freak, and I, now I sound like I'm from New Jersey. I don't know how that happened. But... Hey. It's yeah, what happens. So, so it is a kind of a mishmash of those. and um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it has as much story as you need it to have. Um, so the next releases, though, after the party game ripoff and stuff, they, it bounces around a lot, and this is sort of like what happened with Spyro. And there was two games from Traveler's Tales, Twin Sanity and Crash of the Titans. Um, Crash of the oh, sorry, Titans? Ra- Wrath of Cortex and um, Twin Sanity. Crash of the Titans was the first ones with Radical... And then it just starts go Vicarious Visions back to Radical, and I think now finally we're back to Vicarious Visions doing the remaster of Crash Team Racing. And what were these? What were these on? I mean, these are that's blowing my mind. Just like when you told me there were like, what is it, twenty thousand Sonic games? Like I did not realize there was more than the the three and the cart for for Crash. Yeah, there's a bunch. So eventually, like. Um, like with Wrath of Cortex, that's when it became multi-platform. So PlayStation 2, Xbox, and GameCube uh, were kind of those releases. These are the Traveler's Tales. So ever since uh, kind of the end of the PlayStation 1 era, it has been multi-platform. Um, Vicarious Visions also did a lot of mobile games, um, like on the Nintendo DS and you know oh, things okay. like that. Um, so there were some mobile entries that I didn't really get much play with. It, pretty much I only ran you know the main three. But there was a cool crossover they did where Spyro had to fight N-Cortex, which is Bandicoot's villain, and then Crash had to go fight Ripto, which is Spyro's villain. They had like this crossover for the Game Boy. Which so it's that just was like when cool. Aladdin fought Hades and Hercules. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Thank you, yeah. Thank you for putting it in our okay. Yeah. Yeah, but that was exactly that was cool so that was on the Game Boy Advance my brother had those um, my younger brother so I checked those out but pretty much it was the console releases um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting to cards. say that like once they got out of like you said that PS1 era where Sony was so desperate for content it was still a universal interactive half property as well but with some universal so That's it right. jumped around to Xbox and Microsoft and all that other dumb stuff and Nintendo like you said even though you're focusing on the, um, uh, the remastering of the cart game, the Insane Trilogy, which you were pitching as well, has now gotten the HD remake onto Switch and PlayStation last year and stuff. Uh, Joe, we talked about it in the uh, last episode. Switch. We're in the PD, the post-Switch <laughs> dimension for Joe. Uh, so... Um, is this like a game you would be willing to check out in a, in a mobile setting like on Nintendo? Maybe. I mean, I think that's interesting. You know, we, we've covered the game so far, right? So kind of talking about the, the future or the possibilities of Crash. I think with the way the gaming market is right now, Switch is the only place that really has like mascot-based gaming as still a factor. You know what I mean? Like I can't see a PlayStation 4 crash game or an Xbox One crash game. Is that is that me being ignorant or do you No, the future. I'm so nervous about it too. It's like why would Sony be like, no, like everybody's gonna show up if we put a zillion dollars into Crash Bandicoot jumping on boxes. I just don't see that I just don't see that happening. I mean I think Switch is really the only platform where like, yeah, they did make a new Mario game or a new Zelda game, like they're still they still got their mascots. I just cannot see a world where Sony's like Spider-Man PS4 did great. You guys excited for a new Crash game? Like I think especially with the rise of Uncharted, I think you're more likely to get stuff like that as opposed to Crash because I think you know the Switch is kind of the platform that people go to for that type of game. 
I think that makes a lot of sense, especially because, like, you know, I got the crash in the Spyro games, but that's just on the e-store. Like, I didn't go to the store and pick them up. And also, it's just, you know, they have the Mario Odyssey, and everyone was excited they have Zelda. It's because the other companies haven't protected their mascots. You know, Mario's not showing up on a PlayStation game, but Sonic's showing up in the freaking Olympics and Smash Brothers. Yeah. And maybe that's where he goes next, you know? Ah, but then, Mike, you're talking about the future, and if Joe's talking about living in the past, which I agree, I think maybe we're staying there with Crash forever. I don't know. You're talking about where he's ending up now with this weird treatment with the Skywings, which are those yeah. action figures slash video games where Crash can just exist as a character. He doesn't need to carry his own video game. Joe... Your little cousins are trying to be touchstone for youth <laughs> video game that I use on this after our Angry Birds episode. Do they collect the Skylanders or the Disney Infinities or the Wobble? Like, what were the other figure games? Um, they did both of those when they were younger, but like, I think that was just based off of, you know, I'm watching Cartoon Network, I saw this commercial, I want this. And they, don't they, they don't care about Crash, they don't care about Spyro. No, I like they don't know who those people are though. You got to think like those are not. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a lot of what we're talking. Like the reason we're talking about Crash in general is really nostalgia based, right? Like this yeah. is something there. It's like we know what we're talking about, or you know, Mike knows what he's talking about. <laughs> but like yes. we remember the commercials, we remember the experience of like oh, knowing people who played Crash. Them like they don't know what the hell we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like that's you know they're they're they're, they're playing Fortnite and dabbing. <laughs> Hey, did they do those Lego Dimensions, too? Talk about the ultimate nostalgia. Oh, yep. They sure did. Yeah, they did all that stuff. I think that's what I'm kind of bringing up is that they fail to protect their mascots, too, because, like, even if they haven't played a Mario game, I'm sure that your cousin's, like... They have an idea fixed in their mind they of what Mario, Mario is. Mario is, yeah. Because, I mean, they had a Wii U. They played uh, the Wii U Super Mario Brothers remaster, mm-hmm. like... You know, that's it's it's something easy because when you're a parent buying a, a game for a kid, you see Mario, you know what that is. I mean, I think that's why, like, if there is going to be a crash, it's got to be, it's got to be now that like, oh, our generation has kids. I know what Crash is. I'm going to get this because you're going to love it. I mean, it's like, do you think we'll ever see like Conker's Bad Fur Day again? Like, is that oh, going to happen? 4K VR, yeah, doubtful. Yeah, it's definitely the nostalgia trip. I mean, with the success of the Spyro remaster, then or the the Crash one was successful. Then we got the Spyro one, and then they're like, "Well, let's now make Crash Team Racing redone." And I, I want to talk about that too because we're seeing kind of the dark underside of the industry here, where you know it comes out and they added a bunch of levels from the various other kart racers that Crash has made. It's been more than the PlayStation One version. I just don't care about them. But they added all this content, tons of racers, no microtransactions at all. It's like totally good to go. They release it. And then a week after release and the reviews come out saying it's good, they patch it and put now microtransactions into the game. Boo. So, and this is Activision. Oh, well, then it's part of the course. You're on watch. But this practice of releasing a game, getting the reviews saying, okay, yeah, no microtransactions, and then adding them in later, ooh, that's, that's bad juju. Oh, can I say something? Can I, can I give a hot take? That's kind of the opposite of what EA did when all the bad spin came out for Battlefront 2. Yeah. Like, people were like, this is bullshit. It's all pay to win. I paid 60 bucks for the game, and I can't even have these characters. Within a month, they had, they had walked that back. It seems like Activision literally just did the opposite. Are they going to go through what EA went through or now they're not trusted at all? I hope so. I think it's a lot more companies are doing it. But yeah, the idea of just lying outright and then patching in the microtransactions. And I think a couple, like a little bit after they came out, you could still unlock everything through gameplay, but then they raise the price to unlock it through gameplay. So it's going to take you twice as long or whatever. So they're putting the screws on you. And I'm fine if it's a mobile game that's free because I got the damn game for free. If I spend a couple dollars, that's on me. But if I pay full price for a full game and then you add this shit into it, yeah. And you do it after the fact, how dare you? So that makes me feel bad that Activision is in control of this thing and they're kind of already putting the microtransaction hooks into it. And I, I just, I hope they can treat it as more than just a nostalgic utter. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's also interesting, Mike, I thought you were going to talk about the darker side being all of these remasters that Colin has hinted Uh. at in the past. Um, When they do those, I think you should, from the start, have everything unlocked. Because you're buying that because you know what it is. You're buying it because you're a fan. If you want to play certain... Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. Like, like you should be able to jump to your favorite level right away. Like, yeah. you're, you're paying for a remaster of a game from the 90s. Like, get the fuck out of here. You want me to earn it all? Like, I beat this I, when I, I did was when I was a child. Yeah. Yeah. It's a experience. yeah. yeah. Not I'll a tell you what. Yeah, I got annoyed, too, because there's, like, some levels that I like later on in the game, and I got to unlock them. But, you know. Yeah, I really think all of that should just be out from the get-go in these uh, these crazy remasters and stuff. Because it's like, you're just grabbing cash anyway. Why are you putting anything behind Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was beta, baiting a little bit earlier. It's like, uh, what do you think about this on the Switch? Uh, this is a game where, like, these games that where I feel like, you know, if I had a PlayStation Now pass or whatever, or the PSN, you know, whatever thing that they do for their game deals online, I would have all the crashes at my fingertips and be able to play them for free. Why am I paying for so-and-so remasters if that's a possibility? Yeah, there's no reason. At least throw us a cheat code. Make it old school. Game genie mode. Yeah, right? Please. I like what you said, Joe. I think being able to jump around um, a mode where there's unlimited enemies in like a classic video game would be fucking Yeah, put in like chord modes and shit like that. yeah. Maybe remix it. Yeah, that could be fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just think if you're going to do that, you you have to give me an incentive to make me feel like you tried at least. No, the incentive you know I mean? they think is the HD. What we're pitching is HD plus, like up in that corner where I'm like, whoa, what's this cool new fucking Ooh. video game? It's there a were, um, Yeah, I, got it. I do want to shout out um, Toys for Bob because I think they've done a really good job on these remasters. Like Spyro, for example, they had to build from the ground up. They didn't even have the source code. So they had to make an algorithm that watched video of the game and then would turn that into geometry. (laughs) And then they would rebuild it from the ground up. But um, they have added stuff. I, I don't know why I always bring up just like the technical side. Probably because I'm trying to. I love it, dude. Well, there you go. That's the niche, though. Yeah, so like they, they are doing things, but like there was a game you, a level you could only get if you had a game genie. It's a really really hard level, and uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's pretty notorious. Um, and they just put that into the base game on the Insane Trilogy, so they kind of did add content. For example, oh, right. in the second game, uh, from the third game, you could play as Coco on select levels. In the Insane Trilogy, you can play as Coco throughout every version of every game, every level, which is a cool addition too, with her really own unique cool. animation. So. They're doing a little bit, giving you some secret levels, but definitely give me a version where it's all unlocked or just an old school cheat code. Just email it to me or put it in the menu, you know? <laughs> yeah. And don't put it behind a microtransaction. No, I do not pay for those. Oh. So if you want to get out here and get your hands on the games, obviously the sweet spot and the thing everyone's fond of is the original three. The easiest way to get them is the insane trilogy. I think, yeah, it's pretty hard and maybe it doesn't age as well as like, because you could play mario 64 right now on original hardware i think it feels better than even crash remastered but if you wanted to go down memory lane i think that we're checking out it's an important gaming icon so no i'm super happy to be talking crash dude again i'm paying all the respect in the world to the game dude. uh it's the king of what i'm going to call 90s extreme gaming where you can almost see like with his tongue out him going like la, 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 yeah like as he's got like an energy drink <laughs> and i'm like yeah that's exactly yeah. what you represent yeah. Dude, high, high tops unlaced <laughs> yes yeah. janko jeans a chain wallet <laughs> yeah dude he's out here he, wear, he had fingerless <laughs> gloves lest we forget <laughs> so crash bandicoot huge icon i think the next couple sections here are going to be a little bit shorter the bulk of this was indeed the games but um you know, we'll touch on anything we missed here on the wrap-up, but for now, we're going to go ahead and move on to the movies or TV shows around everyone's favorite Bandicoot, and probably the first Bandicoot you ever heard of, because no one knew what that was before this.
We're back, and we are out here talking kind of the movies or TV shows or visual media around Crash Bandicoot besides those stellar commercials, which they will be in the notes, and they are a classic part of 90s uh, competitive marketing between video game consoles. <laughs> it's all the next want, evolution, yeah. All I want is a short film of that guy. Like, like oh, that's the Crash movie I want. Yeah. We'll get a Kickstarter for the documentary about the man behind the Crash. Can you yeah. drop um, in right now and say that you know of uh, past guest Cole on the NFL episode? Who you guessed as well? That mm-hmm. podcast worked on the uh, redone commercials for the Insane Trilogy when it was coming out two years ago, and got to work with the guy in the Bandicoot outfit. Cole <laughs> never him, told me this. Yeah, it was him back at the gym preparing to lift, remember, and then he gets super strong by the end of it. Mm-hmm. He's like, we're back in HD. And uh, he said it was super funny and hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I saw those ads. I didn't know Cole worked on that. That's awesome. Yeah, very weird. Uh, Crash Bandicoot's a part of all of our lives. So now I'm one degree of separation. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's right. You'll soon be able to kill him, Mike, just as you've always planned. <laughs> we're Spyro, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you've been activated. Yeah. So... Those commercials are amazing, and it's cool. I love that they went back to the suit, right, for the oh, Insane yeah. Trilogy. Talk about awesome. Yeah, how sick. So uh, there hasn't been, though, any Crash TV show movie talk, but you think that if Sonic does less than terrible and the Mario movie does good, <laughs> then next on the list would be Crash Band. Sonic's right? going to be digging through the graves of the characters oh, that they have. I mean, what, yeah. yeah, well, they stole Spider-Man, which I don't want to get back into that. Uh, no. All right, it's like, but, well, go, go for it, Sony. Uh, Please, cra- crash and burn with Crash. Yeah. yeah, but Spyro is what I would want. But anyway, um, so nothing officially, but there have been a couple weird tests of animation and things like that, so we can kind of chat about those, but this should be pretty... It's pretty light on what's going on here, unless we want to speculate what it would be like. But no, I no, do I mean, want to talk about one of these things. The animated thing that I sent you guys. So this was for Crash of the Titans. Uh, Mike, a video game that you talked about earlier, 2007 release, uh, which was not one of the Naughty Dog ones. This was, again, Sony and Universal hand-in-hand on this thing, but really not coming together. Where Sony mm-hmm. was like, 3D, that's the future. We pushed the weird the high-end brand of consumer electronic video games home uh, consoles in your rounds. Uh, we want people to believe that we've got the best graphics, best system, you know, best technology, and the tightest cleanest package. So Universal Animation in 2007 is like, well, let's highlight that with the hand-drawn, silly, old-school cartoon Crash Bandicoot intro! And yeah. somebody said, no! And they immediately put a kibosh to that. Yeah, and I saw that intro. Like it's, it reminds me a lot of Pinky in the Brain. Ooh, I, I love, love that. I love that intro. Which that was an inspiration for Neo Cortex. Was they wanted him to be like Brain from Pinky in the ba- it's Brain. It's funny so you say that, Mike. The original voice actor, of course, Wacko from Animaniacs. Boom! Full circle. There's actually a lot of yeah. Pretty like even Steve Bloom. I think at one point has done voices for Crash, and Steve Bloom is of course Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop and a, a number of famous roles. Wolverine. So. Yeah, and Wolverine in many incarnations. So, yeah, you know, they, they they got the right talent for it, you know. But, yeah, these were crazy. I really liked the Saturday morning cartoon intro. Did you guys watch those? So, and they weren't found until 2015. Again, it's universal animation. You can kind of see here, and I know it's illumination, but, like, them being like, no, 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 fuck this. We've got the minions. Like, everybody kind of turned <laughs> their back on this hand-drawn style. You know, uh, you're talking, it's that Saturday morning cartoon parody. It's also like a Disney parody, like a Mouse kind of parody, too. I thought it was really funny and cool. I, I wish they'd gone. I that really way. enjoyed it, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, if they do anything with Crash, it would be cool to see it have a, a Into the Spider Verse type vibe to it where it was different. Is he kind of the like the Deadpool of the mascots? I kind of, that's how I kind of oh, look 100%. at him. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. we said, he's the 90s one. Yeah, <laughs> and he's totally like, right. And he's taking a piss out of mascot culture and stuff, too. Like, that's kind of... Oh, this animated version and you guys saying that, I could see him colliding with Cuphead in some sort of weird DLC where he's like, Crash and Cuphead. And I'm like, oh, shit, oh, it's man. so edgy. What's the over-under on it? Yeah, who's going to get in Smash first, Cuphead or Crash? Uh, that is the Isn't Crash coming? Did I make that up? No, you did didn't you? make that up. It's, uh, oh, it's Banjo-Kazooie. 
Wazzy Bull Furry. Oh, yeah. See, I got those confused. <laughs> Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> Who the fuck's Banjo-Kazooie, then? Yeah, again, not when I play. Banjo's the bear with a bird in his backpack. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not different. Not the Banjo-Kazooie with no, pants or no shirt on. <laughs> and not ukulele, which is a lizard and a bat, but it's yeah. it's just Banjo-Kazooie. Anyway, enough. <laughs> that's a lot of mascots, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also made an appearance in the Skylanders Academy show, you know, the tie-in for the, the Skylanders toys, and Spyro's in that too, but that's, that's not the right Spyro. Did you guys watch that clip that I sent? So again, as like an adult, I have no idea what Skylanders is. I'm watching <laughs> it. There's so many things where they're like, Lava Golem, watch out! We have to get to Magmazar, and we're flying up to Skylandia, and if we don't do the Battle Academy... And then who rolls in, but, like, Crash is there, standing next to Spyro, who's, like, dry-witted and, like, you know, like, withholding, and Crash is like, yep. hang out, like, cool again. <laughs> like, it's great. I don't know, I love the little yeah, clip. Yeah, Coco's got a boomerang. Surge? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's wild. It's uh, well, you know, you got to get your Magnamar playset and you know, unlock that IRL DLC, please, yeah. mom and dad. <laughs> I need it. Yeah, but that's pretty much it. I mean, the only way we're going to get the movie is depending on the performance of the other nostalgia grab movies, like but Sonic. You number say one. that, but I throw out again: we do exist in a universe where there was a Ratchet and Clank movie released in theaters, like a 3D movie. I want to say a year or two years ago, 2017, 2018, like, is this a case where we could get something where they almost do like a made for, not like a made for TV, but like a super low budget CG release, like very limited, just to use the IP and like keep it? You know, is that something where it could lapse otherwise? I don't know. Well, you could do what, you know, some other companies have done with marsupial-based media and do a Netflix movie, you know, Rocco's Modern Life, and that uh, yes. we come back out. You could put uh, put the old uh, crash on Netflix. All right, we're always pitching Netflix series. I could definitely see them selling a Super Smash Brothers knockoff, we're the reject uh, loser cartoons that is like Crash and Spyro. And uh, Cuphead, maybe, and who's some other, you know, like, B-listers coming together, too. Gex, you get Gex. Gex, Gex the Lizard, that's a great pull, Mike. Yeah, an Earthworm Jim. Yeah, Earthworm Jim, man. They'll make it, oh, they'll be the, uh, the undistributables. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the undistributable. Sly Stallone voices an aged Earthworm Jim that they find at yeah. the end of the movie. Nah, he's <laughs> voicing Sly Cooper. Yo, Sly Stallone Cooper, I love it. Hey, yo, I'm going to sneak into this building. They're never going to see me coming. It's the literal (laughs) rat pack, the marsupial pack. I love it. Oh, yep, yep. You know, keep that in your little pouch and smoke it. (laughs) (laughs) The two points on this podcast. Lock, lock, stock, and two smoking wumpas. All right. Let's uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's go ahead and throw this over to the comics, guys. Thanks for listening. We're going to check out the print media of Crash Bandicoot. I don't think he can read, but we can, and we checked out some of these offerings. Next. We're back from the cinemas, just saw some great Crash Bandicoot movies, and now we're ready to, you know, get intellectually stimulated and read some Crash Bandicoot books or comics. Colin, what do we got over here? Okay, so I've got like five minutes hot that I'm going to talk about this, guys. Get ready. So we have a manga, just a manga. You know, uh, a comic book never came over here. Again, is Crash Niche, is Crash Mormon. Uh, apparently they loved him in Japan because he was cool enough to carry his own series. It's loosely based on the second Crash Bandicoot game. It is called Crash Bandicoot Dance! Exclamation mark. Dijunk! Exclamation mark. Na Debokop! Uh, which is basically just Crash Bandicoot, you know, having fun. Uh, Dance, then jump. It's a great adventure. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he does. That's that's what it's called. I love it, thank you. Uh, so that came out in 1998. It didn't get over here until much later, like in the 2000s. Uh, check it out online. Anything that guy you can like, find it that way. I don't think you're going to be able to order this. eBay it if you can. Guys, did you check it out? It's 14 issues. Super simple. Very quickly. 
Yeah, I, I looked at the art on it. I kind of flipped through some pages. It was, uh, you know, the English, you know, translation of it. Um, it, it is super Japanese. Like you look at the styling. Yes. <laughs> and I, if you My, know what that exactly. means, you know. <laughs> well, I it just would say it this. feels like um, it feels like he's he's in one of those commercials you would see. You know what I mean? Like where <laughs> yeah. they pull like an American icon and put him in like one of the wacky commercials. Like Schwarzenegger. That's, that's yeah. Like that's how it feels to me. And it's oh, like oh, Joe, it's you're talking about the like, Simpsons episode where Homer becomes like Mister Washu or whatever he is. What is yeah, that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah what's interesting about crash it's like the opposite of sonic not quite the opposite but sonic was made like how do we make it appeal to americans okay give them red white and blue right you know chili dogs okay but when crash was over there getting pitched as a video game they thought he was like too aggressive looking and like so they had to like change his art and like even some of the animations in the game to localize it um so you see more friendly and stuff so even the comic book took it even more in that like kind of friendly wacky direction oh. Instead right. of like the edgy, yo, dude. No, it's you're totally right. It is the kid crazy cartoon version. Let me tell you this whole round. So as again, kid of the nineties. My brother, as a guy who liked anime and manga, then not really my speed until I found one piece, but uh, God, of course. Which, which again, piece? <laughs> just the one. Uh, <laughs> just the one piece. Uh, really jump, obviously, you know, jump monthly, you know, coming Shonen in jump. and uh, coming in as his resource to check out stuff. So he liked, in particular, because what was going at the same time, Gundam, Gundam Wang, Gundam specifically. So he was yep. reaching out for those books, like the trades themselves outside of the Jump Collection, which would just be the chapters. Uh, but those trades, the Japanese trades, would come with at the end. And again, not really my speed, I wouldn't read them. But I would like to flip to, kind of like, let's say the eight chapters that they collected, the last two pages would be super wild parody cartoons of everything you've just read. I believe what they call omakes, right? That's sort of the Japanese word, or maybe that's just for the anime. Omake. Um, That is what this crash is. Like, the giant eyes, the fact that he, like, literally on page represents bipolar disorder of he just, like, says something, sets up a one-two joke, makes a gigantic face, a character can crash through the wall at any moment. Like, there is no reality to it. Uh, I love that. Like, that, it's just a comic book of that style. Like, that's crazy to me. Like a crazy Looney Tunes kind yeah. of, like, yes, totally. animatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very wacky. So it's a cool style, and it's something you might, you're not used to seeing crash in, but it also feels like crash is just invading other people's spaces. It's just, exactly. Yeah. It's like, it would be like if, like, you told people what ice cream was and then he went to their house and they had broccoli in a cone and was like, yeah, we know what ice cream is. This is what ice cream is. This is what we call ice cream. And you're like, that's not ice cream. Yes, it is. It's dance, jump, na, daibokadon. Yeah. <laughs> dance, then jump. It's a great adventure. Yay. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, other than that, yeah, there's no novelization of the plot, people. There are fanfics. No. Don't look for them unless you really no. have an appetite for it. <laughs> look back at the hey, Sonic Deviant episode. Art's coming Sexy back. So. That's right. No, oh, but, you know, this is you know, a lot of the time for these, like, manga adaptations or, like, comics, like, we'll kind of just jump in and be like, yeah, I looked at one. It was super silly. Here's sort of like an adaptation of it. Again, you know, weird normies. I would at least urge you to check out one page of the 14 issues of Crash Dance Day Jump Night Double <laughs> because it yeah. is it is just it's an experience <laughs> let's see if we can pronounce it alright Dance Day Jump Da Dai Boken Dai Boken it's not easy Dai Boken big adventure yes Dance Day Jump Na Dai Boken got it Texas accent anyway and the big the adventure book. is him like getting out of bed and again like crashing through walls <laughs> every day is a big adventure for the bandicoot <laughs> <laughs> alright guys that's the uh, comic books and paper like I said look up the DeviantArt if you're feeling especially adventurous we're gonna go Ooh. ahead and wrap this thing up uh, last thoughts on Crash coming up next
we're back and we are now on the wrap up the final stage the end boss zone of this crash bandicoot episode guys any final thoughts on the bandicoot the crash series i'll ask you this mike have you beaten one i gave up uh around the motorcycle stuff i think i beat it but a couple levels after so i haven't beaten the insane trilogy stuff i've just kind of jumped around between all three games just being like ah yes this music and this level and like kind of getting the nostalgia hits um you're doing that little curse to lift Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but Italian on the note, <laughs> spicy meatball. On the note of beating these games, though, like yeah, when I was younger, uh, the second one and the third one I beat like a hundred percent, and wow. the third one has uh, like a time travel mechanic, and they kind of work that into they have speed run versions of every single stage. So the faster you beat a stage, the the better reward you get, and that's how you unlock everything. I did so, notice that the three tier level. Yeah, so to get the platinum uh, talismans or whatever, that's the fastest speed. I remember playing every level over and over again, just trying to do that speed run thing. Maybe that's why it's lodged in my brain that I'm also still fascinated by beating games quickly because I was like, "Damn it!" You know, one second off. You spent a whole afternoon on one level. Boulder chasing you. (laughs) It's, It's it's the second tiger level at night on the Great Wall. That's like that's my Vietnam man. I'm going to say hats off to you, buddy. I'm going to say a little golf clap, 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 uh, because okay. beating a video game in the 80s and 90s, I don't think people remember, kind of was a big deal. <laughs> so oh, good yeah, for you for getting through those. Too. I had a save point. I think anybody who beat a game before save points, <laughs> are, they're the true heroes. Yeah. But yeah, so um, beat them, and I just think, uh, I just had them because I had them, and therefore I have fond memories of them. But I think Mario 64 would have been a better overall like product and it still holds up better not to bash crash bash the crash whatever's on social media these days that's right um that's right you're still, a known crash basher <laughs> yeah yeah um basically yeah he's he's an icon deserves some respect check out the insane um trilogy that's how i feel that's cool you feel that way i'm totally with you i'm just happy with the world i grew up in. i can't imagine the parallel universe where i am a crash boy uh, mm. Mario Kart, like I said, was a big deal in my life. I was very happy to have it. All Mario-based video game things. But uh, I just also don't see a future with Crash. And that's what I'm feeling unfortunate about. Because it doesn't seem like anybody has a future Yeah, I agree with you. But, uh, you know, don't be sad it's over. Smile what happened. Yay! <laughs> I was a Where's little Australian marsupial. And I was uh, always from- in your heart. That's from my Crash Bandicoot fan fiction. Oh, nice, nice. That's really deep, man. No, you know, you know I, Crash Bandicoot is the best made along really the way. Deep. <laughs> the Wumpa Fruits represent want and desire. <laughs> um, the, I, I looked up, there. they had a game spinoff that was supposed to come out called Crush Bandicoot, and he did appear later as a character with like a metal arm. Hey, yes. Bucky. So he had a metal <laughs> arm. He's like really buff. But like, I just typed it in, like, what does he look like again? And I typed in Crush, and there was already DeviantArt out. And I was like, dog, I just, oh, just wanted standard character art, so be careful. <laughs> uh, he, was, he was a black and red version and had a gun, right? We had a metal arm, I think, in other, some version. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I already was frozen for time. <laughs> Captain Ban America. Um, I don't know what else to say about Crash. He's great. I really love his rogues gallery. I think Ripper is good. Pinstripe is a gangster rat with a machine gun. The Komodo brothers uh, with their swords. I think Dingo Dial has a flamethrower. The boss encounters are always really good. I want to just mention that. I think the boss level is really fun. Um, and it, like I said, it felt it feels like what they were influenced by Donkey Kong, Sonic, and somewhat Mario. So does does Crash have a food? You know, like like chili dogs or pizza. Yeah, it's the wampa fruit. Yeah, yes, it's the wampa fruit. fruit. Uh, I feel like it should be like like a slim jim. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah too. Absolutely. <laughs> it, oh, it's a pack of Dunkaroos. <laughs> uh, crikey! And then, he, then he hits a, a can of skull, and you're like, oh, what? Oh, Crash does dip. <laughs> no, but Crash is definitely cracking open a shasta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got it at the Circle K. So, That's right. Okay, so here's the thing, Marcus. We wouldn't be talking about him if he wasn't still relevant. The fact of the matter is, they're making these HD games. He still sells. Uh, we say it every week. Reach out to us about other topics you want to talk about. But I'm curious this week, 
reach out to us like if Crash was your boy. Like if Crash was your mascot character, let us know. Hit us with like a hashtag like Crash character or something. At normies like us. Uh, at normies underscore like underscore us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can always hit us there. Subscribe, like, and uh, again, let us know what you want to talk about. And uh, please don't buy any microtransactions in the nitro-fueled game. <laughs> That's the was... DLC, Mike. Remember, we get, we get a patch and then that comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting for the Australian Tourist Board check to come through. Then we can we can make that happen. Um, yeah. Once I was we get gonna the get Patreon that game. Patch. Yeah, at least we got your Switch though. Thank you guys for that. Yeah, by the way, really appreciate it. Big fans. Yeah, um, I was gonna get the Nitro Fueled, but after the microtransactions dropped a week after release, I'm boycotting it personally. But make your own choices. Good for you, man. Nah, I just choose what to do with my money. Um, but that being said, thanks for listening. I hope if you had good memories of uh, the Bandicoot, like Colin said, shout us out. Thank you again very much for putting us through now 61 episodes. And um, this has been Mike. Yeah, what up, Colin Bandicoot? We'll see you next time, bad boys. It's been uh, a blast. Wow. Excellent, Jim. <laughs> I don't even know how to ad lib his crash because he doesn't talk. (laughs) (laughs) In the Japanese version, I think he has some lines, but anyway. Eyes are big. Nani. (laughs) All right, I'm stopping recording. Oh, hell yeah. This is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my men if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around.